we doing episode 61 of the wide right podcast i'm your host ryan honey as always of elite sports new york and elite sports radio network merry christmas happy hanukkah happy kwanzaa happy festivus whatever you celebrate happy holidays to all of my great listeners who who tune in each and every week obviously back today to preview the upcoming giants game uh, between big blue and the baltimore ravens it's a must-win game for the giants if they don't win and washington does over carolina Giants are done. Giants are out of playoff contention. They will not be able to win the NFC East if that occurs. So this is a must-win game, but we'll talk about that later on in the episode. want to start with some news stories that have occurred in and around the organization this week. First and foremost, the Pro Bowl roster release. So the Giants have two Pro Bowlers this year. That's two more than last year. Okay, two, two Pro Bowlers this year. One very much a surprise. One not so much a surprise at all. We'll start with the latter, James Bradbury. Pretty self-explanatory. He's had a tremendous year with the Giants. Uh, it was pretty much a given that he was going to make the Pro Bowl. It's been fantastic this year. Has arguably pretty much been Dave Gettleman's best signing, uh, maybe of his Giants tenure. So Bradbury's been great. We'll see if he makes the first team All Pro squad. I hope. I think he should. I think he's been the best corner in the league this year, arguably. Uh, so congratulations to him. He's been great this year, and arguably, not arguably, period, has been the defense's top weapon. So it's pretty self-explanatory that he was going to earn a Pro Bowl nod. There should have been, if, the, if he didn't make the Pro Bowl, there would have been an investigation. Um, <laughs> in, my, in my opinion, probably think there would have been an investigation if he didn't make the Pro Bowl. So um, congratulations to him. That wasn't a surprise whatsoever. But what was a surprise was Evan Engram also making the Pro Bowl. Okay, That was a shock. That was definitely a what-in-the-world type of moment finding out that he made it. Because I feel like all we do is complain about him. But I will say this, human beings lie, but numbers do not. And his numbers aren't that bad this year. 54 catches, that's third among NFC tight ends. 572 yards, that's second among NFC tight ends. So there's at least some argument for him in this situation. And I believe he was fourth in among NFC tight ends when it came to the fan vote. So that means he got a lot of votes from players and a lot of votes from coaches which basically says he's very well very well respected around the league. So congratulations to him. I do think it was a surprise. I think I, I do think, you know, this is a surprise that he made it and everyone would agree with me on that. But nonetheless, congratulations to Evan Engram on his first ever Pro Bowl nod. And I do think there were snubs though around this Giants roster, mostly on defense. Blake Martinez, that was a snub. He's third in the NFC in tackles, fourth in the league, I believe in tackles. You know, Leonard Williams is another snub. He's been playing the best football of his life. Graham, Graham Gano has been excellent this year. Uh, however, um, what's his name? Young Hui Koo of the Falcons set a better conversion rate on more field goal attempts. Uh, so obviously, I think it was pretty self-explanatory. He was going to earn the nod. Gano has been great this year. There's no question about that. It's another great signing by Gettleman this year. He's been fantastic. He's done everything the Giants have asked him to do. And that's why they inked him to a three-year extension earlier this season. But Young Hoi Koo's stats are better, 
more field goal attempts, more field goal makes, better conversion rate overall. And given that the Pro Bowl will not be an in-person event this year due to the COVID-19 pandemic, the league was only going to select one kicker per conference with no alternates. So that honor went to coup of the Falcons. So also Pepper, uh, Jabril Peppers and Logan Ryan could have made it, but didn't. They've been playing great football all year. They've been probably, I would say, you know, one of the top safety tandems in the league, one of the more athletic and versatile safety tandems in the league, at least. So I guess you could say they were snubs as well, but Regardless, congratulations to Bradbury and Engram, and it's just a weird it's just a weird situation with Engram. It really is. Did not you know if there was if I had if you had to ask me who was going to make the Pro Bowl from the Giants, I would not say Evan Engram at all, and probably neither would anyone else. So, but regardless, congratulations to him, and uh, just sucks that it's not an in person event this year, but. Regardless, it's like the worst. Uh, I think we can all agree the Pro Bowl is the worst All Star game out of any professional sports all-star game. NBA All-Star Weekend is better. Same same with NHL. The All-Star Game and uh, MLB is better. Pro Bowl is the worst All-Star Game in all of professional sports. They cannot figure out how to make it better. They've made changes. They did away with the the conferences and they had um you know, they had custom teams a couple for a couple I think it was a few years they did that where they just went away with the AFC and NFC teams and they just did I think they had what, Michael Irving pick a team one year? And Deion Sanders, I completely forget who it was, but they had those guys as captains and they picked teams, I believe. That didn't work, and so now they're back to conferences. They've tried to do everything they can to make the Pro Bowl a better experience for both the players, the coaches, and the fans, and it just not, it's not it's not worked. It hasn't worked. It's not working. Um, I can't see it working in the future. They're not going to do away with the Pro Bowl um, just because it's another thing that can make them money. But uh, yeah, regardless, it's it's the worst all-star game in all of professional sports. I think we can agree with that. Moving on, we got Kyler Frackrell news. Now, Kyler Frackrell was on IR with a calf injury, but he's been designated to return to practice. He's missed the last three games against Seattle, Arizona, and Cleveland. Uh, Giants now possess a 21-day window to officially activate him off of IR. That's retroactive to Wednesday the 23rd. Obviously, if the Giants are eliminated from playoff contention, that window would be shortened considering their last game would then be nine days from now on Sunday, January 3rd. Um, so, But either way, it would be huge to have him back. Giants need to get that pass-rushing magic back after getting just one sack in each of the last two games against Arizona and Kyler Murray and Cleveland and Baker Mayfield. Pass rush certainly needs to step up, step up after last week's performance against the Browns, too, where they only got one hit on Baker, and it was a sack by Dexter Lawrence early in the second half. They got no pressure on Mayfield. That led to him having a night and a half, you know, almost 300 yards and a pair of touchdowns on 27 to 32 passing. So the Giants got to rush the passer. They, they need that magic back. They need, um, you know, they if you look at the Seattle game, they were fantastic. Sacked Russell Wilson five times, hit him 10 times. They need to get back to that. And Kyler Frackle can certainly can certainly benefit that goal. You know, make that you know bring that goal closer to coming to fruition. So he'll definitely be a boost in that area of the game. Not to mention a healthy Frackle would be all that's left from the team's top four edge rushers from the beginning of the year. Lorenzo Carter's done for the year, an Achilles injury. O'Shane Zimenez, same thing with the shoulder injury. Marcus Golden obviously was traded in October to Arizona. So having Kyler Frackle back, I, I'm not. It hasn't been revealed yet whether he will play this Sunday. His chances, I believe, of coming back next Sunday for the Week 17 game against Dallas are more likely. But either way, having him back would be very much 
um, would very much be beneficial for the Giants down the stretch as these last two games are extremely important, especially this coming one against the Ravens. And finally, we have the Logan Ryan extension, which occurred on Christmas morning. Giants have agreed to a three-year deal with Logan Ryan, $31 million, $20 million in guaranteed money. Ryan obviously signed a one-year deal right before the regular season and has been great for the Giants. As I mentioned earlier, was one of their Pro Bowl snubs. He was second on the team in tackles, leads the team in forced fumbles, has been on the field for 100% of the team's defensive snaps in 10 different games this year, so he's greatly trusted by defensive coordinator Patrick Graham. You know, he's, he's versatile, he's talented, He's reliable, he's athletic, and that's what the Giants need at the free safety position. Uh, that's what they haven't gotten at the free safety position. They haven't gotten much of at that spot in recent years. Antoine Buffet was horrendous. Um, I think we can all agree with that. So it's they needed someone like that at free safety this year to complement Jabril Peppers well, and Logan Ryan has done just that, and that's why he's earning this very much deserved extension. So glad the Giants could get a deal done. Uh, keep him in the fold for hopefully at least three more years. You know, I'm I'm glad he's I he probably would have tested the waters in free agency after this season if the Giants didn't come to a deal. So glad the two parties could come to an agreement before the conclusion of this season. So very happy about that. Giants fans got a good Christmas present seeing that. I mean, if you can't complain about the deal, he's been great. Probably should have made the Pro Bowl. Was actually leading in the Pro Bowl fan vote when the voting uh leading in the NFC free safety Pro Bowl fan vote when the first results were released back in November. So, he's been great. There's no there's no there's no going away from that. You know, glad he's been glad he's uh glad he's on the team, glad he's going to continue to be on the team for the next 3 years. It's nothing nothing more to say other than that. And finally, to end the episode, we have our usual preview. This time around the Giants taking on the Ravens Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern time at at uh, MNT Bank Stadium in Baltimore, and it looks like Daniel Jones is going to play. He's progressing with his hamstring and ankle injuries. He's moved well. He's on track to play. Hasn't played in two of the last three games. He missed a Seattle game. Came back for the Arizona game. Was not healthy. Should probably shouldn't have played. Uh, and then he missed the Cleveland game. But looks like he's on track to play in this huge must-win matchup. And with that said, this offensive line is going to need to step up. It was good against the Browns. So that's motivation and hope that they'll get the job done. Weren't great against Arizona. Uh, was back on track against the Browns. So they're going to need to step up. And Jones is going to need to have a big game. Simple as that. Daniel Jones is going to need to undergo his best performance of the season. Because this Ravens defense is just too good to just run on consistently. You can't just keep trying to run the ball against this Ravens defense. It's not going to work. They're 10th in the league with 109.9 rushing yards allowed per game. So run it in situations when you need to run it. But when it comes to the passing game, Jones is going to need to find the groove with his receivers. That's it. And that's it's simple as that. Jones is going to need to find a groove and develop a rapport with his receivers, whether it's Sterling Shepard, Slayton. We'll see what Tate's situation is. Evan Engram. You know, and the secondary is not, this Baltimore secondary is not as strong as its front seven. Secondary is 14th in the league, 233.8 passing yards allowed per game. So Slayton, Shepard, Engram. Austin Mack, potentially, C.J. Board, potentially, are going to need to step up. Uh, we'll see what Golden Tate's situation is. He's been dealing with a calf injury this week. But Jones is going to have to have a big game. Must go through his progressions, look for the open guys, get the ball out when it's necessary, 
and zero, I mean zero mistakes. Giants can't afford any mistakes offensively. Jones can't afford any turnovers at this point in the year. It's a must-win game, as I've said about 100 times already this episode. This is a must-win game. Remember, the Giants lose and Washington beats Carolina. That's it. Season is done. So Jones has got to bring his A game. Execute long drives. Offensive line needs to step up and clear holes for Wayne Gallman in the run game. Receivers need to step up. Everyone's got to have a big game. That's what it, when you need to win a football game, everything needs to come together. Especially at this point in the year when, you know, it's you're still in very very much in playoff contention and could still win your division, but are a game back of that division. Everything needs to come together. Everyone needs to step up offensively and get past the scoring woes this week. Giants are second to last in scoring in the league, 17.4 average points. So that they they need to get past that issue this week. I believe Jason Garrett will be calling the plays after he missed last game due to a uh, positive COVID-19 test. So G- Giants got to they got to score points because Baltimore certainly succeeds on that front. 6 in the NFL with 28.8 average points. Giants got to score points. Everything needs to come together offensively. Uh, in order to take the pressure off of this Giants defense. And speaking of the defense, this unit needs to rush the passer. Last week showed that if you don't rush the passer, it'll come back to haunt you. Hey, Giants didn't. I don't. I think the Giants were maybe too reserved or too afraid to send too many guys towards Baker Mayfield and not leave enough bodies in a secondary that was without Bradbury. But Giants have Bradbury back. He's been activated off the reserve COVID list. He'll be back. So that'll being that'll keep them from being too conservative on the pass rushing front, which is huge. Okay? So you gotta rush the passer. Can't give Lamar Jackson too much time. And Jabril Peppers needs to line up as a spy. We know what Lamar Jackson can do with his legs if he finds space. And what better the guy to defend that and act as a spy than Peppers? I mean Jabril is athletic, he's all over the field, should absolutely perform as a spy in this game, especially on third downs. Um, that's what needs to be done. Need to have Jabril Peppers basically eyeing Lamar Jackson all game on passing downs and on third downs and um, you know keep him from finding too much space to run the ball because when Lamar Jackson finds space and is able to use his legs, that's an issue for opposing defenses. That's been the case for much of his career at this point. So, and uh, you know, all in all, just off, just like the Giants, you know, just like offensively, everyone on this defense needs to step up as well. It's a huge game. Hey, there's no going past that. It's a massive game for the Giants and for the Ravens as well. Ravens are on the outside looking in when it comes to the playoffs right now. You know, this is a must-win game for either team. Front seven needs to contain the run game and J.K. Dobbins. Secondary is going to need to have a big game despite the fact that the Ravens aren't great at throwing the ball. I believe they're second to last with 173.9 passing yards per game. Pass rush needs to step up. Can't give Jackson too much time. A healthy fackerel, if he plays, will help with that if he's available. Um, so everyone's going to need to step up. That's how, that's, it's as simple as that. Can't give Jackson too much time or else he'll tear you apart. I know they're not great at throwing the ball, but if you know if any quarterback in this league, if any starting quarterback in this league, especially one that won the MVP last year, has enough time in the pocket, they will tear you apart. So the Giants cannot let that happen this coming Sunday afternoon. Um, Giants going to win? Yeah, I say they will. I'm done, by the way, to all my listeners who've been tuning in each and every week. I'm done with my reverse psychology. Okay, I'm done. It hasn't worked the last two weeks. It worked the four weeks before that when the Giants were on a four-game win streak, but now it's not working. Okay, the law, 
I predicted they would lose to the um, Cardinals and the Browns, hoping they would win either game, and obviously that did not happen. So, I'm done with my reverse psychology. Can't do it anymore. Hasn't worked as of late. I say the Giants win a close one. 24-20. to 20. Uh, They step up in the big moments. Jones has a good game. Defense steps up, contains Lamar Jackson as best they can. And the Giants squeak out a win in what is a must-win matchup. So they win 24-20. They remain alive in the NFC East or potentially snag first place if Washington and Dallas both lose. Because remember, Dallas is actually ahead of the Giants. Dallas is 5-9, just like the Giants are. And and Dallas has the tiebreaker over the Giants due to a win over Big Blue earlier this year. So if the Giants win this one and Washington loses to Carolina, Dallas loses to Philly, Giants are back in first place and control their own destiny from there on out. Then they have Dallas Week 17. That should be a tough game. It's always a tough game going against a a division opponent, regardless of whether they're good or not. So, But if the Giants win this one, which I'm predicting them to, 24-20, and Washington and Dallas both lose, Giants will then control their own destiny en route to potentially their first division title since 2011. And you know what happened the last time they won the division? Won the Super Bowl. I'm not saying they're going to do it this year. I think they still would get... You know, I think if they were to face maybe someone like Tampa Bay first round, I think they could possibly squeak out a win. They almost squeaked out a win against Tampa Bay earlier this year in week eight. Um, but then after that, they'd play who? New Orleans? Green Bay? So I don't think they're winning one of those, especially on the road. But um, yeah, I say the Giants win in a close one this Sunday afternoon. And uh, we'll see if I'm right. Hopefully I am. But until then, thanks so much for tuning in to episode 61 of the Wide Right Podcast. As always, I am your host, Ryan Honey of Elite Sports New York and Elite Sports Radio Network. Follow me on Twitter, at Ryan Honey, E-S-N-Y. That's at Ryan Honey, E-S-N-Y. Listen and subscribe to the Wide Right Podcast wherever you get your podcasts, all right? Wherever. We have it in multiple places. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Happy holidays, and I'll talk to you guys soon.